Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And you know what everyone's going to be wondering, Brandon? We watched the Primetime Podcast last week on YouTube. If you're on Blog Talk Radio, like, forget I'm saying anything. But if you're on YouTube, you're wondering, guys, you're wearing the same clothes that you were last week. Well, that's because as you are viewing this, it is after Christmas, and Brandon and I were not able to come in on Christmas, so I am actually speaking to you from the past. Ooh, it's past Ricky, but here we're here to re-record, well, pre-record, a podcast for you guys this week. Didn't want to give you nothing for the week, so we got one lined up for you. Before I tell you what we're going to talk about here on the Primetime Podcast, your one-stop shop for college football and college basketball Got to do the housekeeping. First off, patreon.com backslash most valid podcast. You like what we're doing here. You like what Brandon and I bring to you each and every week. You want to help keep these lights on. It'd be a shame if they turned off. Check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast for $10. Be on the podcast with you. Or for $1, you can get an exclusive Patreon podcast each and every month on top of all the free content, the beautiful free content that you get each and every week. Also, we're selling MVP t-shirts. You want to let the world know you like MVP, check it out. It is down below in the description. And last but not least, if you are on iTunes, if you have iTunes, give us that five-star rating if you please. It would help us out. And then do the same for the Onside Kick, the Fast Break, and the Rick and Johnny podcast. And I've got to go right off there of what Ricky is saying. And, you know, this is coming, you know, on Christmas. Well, day after Christmas. Day after on whatever, close enough. It's in that that mood, that mm-hmm. feeling of wanting to 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 give and stuff like that. One dollar, folks. One single dollar every single month. You know what that ends up being? Twelve dollars. Dollars. How simple is that? Or if you went, you did ten dollars a month. Again, I'm not saying this because I don't think you're smart. I know you are, but I'm just helping you understand. $10 a month, that's $120 for the entire year, and you probably won't even notice it. And you get to come on a podcast, Mm -hmm. then every single month, talk with us about whatever you would like to talk about, and we have a fun time. For all of those people out there, for all of our viewers, for many of our commenters that say in the comments, how do I go on and debate with them? There is your opportunity. Please take it. Especially during this time, you want to be in that giving mood. Give to MVP. Help us make better content and more content for you. I just wanted to throw that in there. Well, we got a jam-packed show for you guys. Basically, we're previewing the national semifinal games. We've got Georgia, Oklahoma. We've got Clemson and the Alabama Crimson Rolling Tide. And then at the end, before we make our bowl picks, we're going to talk a little bit college basketball, a little bit about the Big 12 as conference play for the Big 12 and for mostly everyone starts up. I know for the Big 12, it starts up on Friday. 
will be our first games of action in the Big 12. But, Brandon, let's take a look at these semifinal games. And the first one we are going to look at here on the podcast is the two the two four matchup. And we're going to look at Oklahoma. We're going to look at Georgia, the Rose Bowl matchup. And I want, or actually, this is 1 3. 1 3 is the Oklahoma Georgia matchup. Doesn't matter about the numbers. You made the top four, you're in. Oklahoma, Georgia. I'll just ask you, what are your expectations for this game? What are your expectations, Bulldogs and the Sooners? Oh, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I think you're looking at one of the highest-powered offenses against one of the stingiest defenses. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma scoring uh, throughout the season 45 points a game on average, and then Georgia, they're giving up only around 13 points a game on average. So you've got, again, just one on this side of the spectrum, one on this side of the spectrum. Not that Georgia can put up points, but we're, we're looking at this high-powered offense mm-hmm. and this team that has done a whole lot on defense. Now, what I think is going to be really important is, of course, this game is going to focus of a lot around Baker Mayfield. Obviously, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's been talked about so much throughout this season. He's been hyped. He has certainly been hyped. But one of the probably unsung heroes of this team has been their running game. They have been very good on the ground. You have Rodney Anderson. Now, Rodney Anderson has not been a guy that a lot of people have talked about when they talk about Oklahoma because Mm -hmm. most of it goes on Baker Mayfield. But Rodney Anderson has done himself an excellent job this season on the ground with Oklahoma. They have done an an outstanding job, which has allowed Baker Mayfield to open up the playbook and throw the football deep down the field because they're not reliant, Oklahoma isn't, on just one side of the offense. It's not just passing, which a lot of people may inexplicably think it is, but it's not. They've done so much on the ground and they actually run the ball 54% of the time, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You would think they throw it about 90, right? No, it's it's really interesting. But if they are really kind of closed up and bogged down on the running game, I still can't think of the right word I want to use, but I just used two that I threw out there. Mm-hmm. If they're stopped in the running game, That could really hinder Baker Mayfield's performance against Georgia and lead to a Bulldogs win. Well, and the thing that I love most about this matchup potentially is we've got, (coughs) pardon me, we've got the Sooners on one side, high-flying offense, like high-scoring offense is what I should say. Like I'm looking at the schedule, the lowest amount of points— that they scored was 29 this season, and that was in the win over Texas. Then you look at Georgia, which is more so defense, top five defense in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Most points they've ever given up, 28. So that means Oklahoma has never scored under the most points that Georgia has given up. So I look at this, and when I look at that alone, something's got to give. It's kind of like this is the game where, I mean, I feel like this is almost going to be an unstoppable force. Oklahoma meets an immovable object, Georgia, and what is going to happen. And to me, it comes down to two things. One on Georgia comes down to the run game. 
If they can run the ball successfully, they'll win the game. No problem. However, if they struggle with the run, what is Jake? Like, if this becomes a Jake Fromm versus Baker Mayfield duel, the Heisman's won the game. The Heisman and the Sooner has won the game because I trust Baker Mayfield to win a mano-a-mano duo with the freshman Jake Fromm. Not taking anything away from Jake Fromm, but this is a bigger stage, and if they don't have the run game and Oklahoma can just defensively zone in on that pass, Baker Mayfield will win the mano-a-mano duel. That's why the run game for Georgia, I feel like, is most important for them. For Oklahoma on the other side, they got to play a clean game of football. They got to play a clean game of football, and they got to turn the ball over, or they got to get turnovers is what I should say, because I'm looking at the only loss that they had this season, and it came against ISU. And one of the big things, I know they lost the turnover battle only one to nothing, but you lost the turnover battle, and you gave the Cyclones an extra chance. I know that's one where people are going to go, Ricky, that was just a Iowa State had their number. They just It was an off day for Oklahoma, but that's what I think. If Baker Mayfield and this Sooner offense can take care of the football, that defense can cause a mistake, whether it's an untimely fumble from Nick Chubb, whether it's a costly interception from Jake Fromm, something to turn the table, then they're going to win. But they also got to shut down the run game or limit the run game because if George is able to run all over them, George will win this game in my mind. See, now what I think is that going back to your point against mm-hmm. if it's going to be Baker Mayfield against Jake Fromm, I think that you, you said that Baker Mayfield is going to win that one. Well, here's the thing, though, too, is that I, I don't know if you're necessarily taking into account it's. Baker Mayfield will will be going up against the better defense. Mm-hmm. Jake Fromm, he's going up against a secondary for Oklahoma who has struggled basically the entire season. They've given up so many points. I think you can go back to the game against it was Oklahoma State. The final score in that mm-hmm. one was sixty-two to fifty-two. I mean, that was ungodly uh, that they scored that many points. Oklahoma should have probably run away with that football with with that football game at some point, but they couldn't. Because Oklahoma State was able to continuously creep back Mm -hmm. in, creep back in, creep back in by scoring points against a defense that wasn't very good. Oklahoma's defense second in the secondary has really had a lot of problems. They've been very porous throughout the year. So if Jake Fromm is able to be anywhere near what he's been mm-hmm. this season, which has been very good, you know, fi- fill, filling in. I don't. I don't even want to say filling in no, because he's it, the it, it feels like he. I mean, he's been there all season mm-hmm. long. He's been the guy. So him and his in this season has been really good. Again, freshman. He's a young guy. But here's the deal. Is that he's been pretty cool, calm, and collected under mm-hmm. pressure. So I don't, th- I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that just because it's a big stage, he won't be used to it because he's had a lot of big stages. He's had a lot of big stages this year. I think being in the the uh, SEC championship game that was a big stage. That Against was a, a team th- that, that has was beaten you before. Exactly, that was a big stage to be in. There was mm-hmm. there there was a I don't I want to say like there was a ton on the line that they lost. It was all over and everything like that. But there was there was a lot on the line in that game. 
game, and he was able yeah, to play spot. a really good game, mm-hmm. and they were able to win, and that's why they're now here in the playoffs. Well, so I don't want to necessarily discredit him there well, because wanna... when you look, hold on, because when you look on the other side of the football, I think that's mm-hmm. what's really important. Both of those guys, Baker Mayfield and Jake Fromm, have very good talent, but Baker Mayfield is the one who I think will be going up against him a. a, well, a, a uh, tougher defense, whereas Jake Fromm is going to be going up against a a a, a more porous defense mm-hmm. in terms of s- the secondary. So they could be playing on the same level with Baker playing against a tougher mm-hmm. defense and Jake Fromm, who's not as good as Baker Mayfield as maybe talent wise, playing against a a worse defense. So it kind of brings them up at the same level. Well, and I want to say this first off when I made the comment about the big stage. A, I'm not saying that like that's not me saying Fromm is going to fizzle under the pressure. Obviously, Jake Fromm has, like you said, you feel bad for saying filled in. No, he is the starter. He is the starter. Jacob Beeson is now the backup. And this is off topic a little bit, but you know what's actually very funny? Last year, we had a topic coming into the season. Max Brown, USC coming out party. Darnold takes a job from him. Look at where Darnold is now. Beginning of the season, we asked... How important could this season be for Jacob Beeson? And Jake Fromm has taken the job due to injury. I know it was different situations how they took the job, but Jacob Beeson. We th- remember when I said he was going to have a similar. Jacob Beeson was going to have a similar season to Matthew Stafford and could be the number one. That's I remember saying that. And then he gets injured and Jake Fromm takes the job. I, I also- found it. I found it humorous. I also remember saying that when it came, when Jacob Eason came back, mm-hmm. whose job's it going to be? I said, oh, I Jacob think it's got to be Jacob Eason's. And uh, mm-hmm. Kirby Smart said, screw you, man. It's but, not. And the one thing with the defense, I want to look at Georgia's defense yeah. to Baker Mayfield and the Sooner offense. The thing that's most important is that turnover battle because you mentioned the SEC championship game. Georgia won the turnover battle. They did not turn the ball over once force the Auburn Tigers to turn the ball over twice. If Georgia can do two things, on defense win the turnover battle, on offense have a solid rushing attack and run all over this um, Oklahoma Sooner defense, open things up for Jake Fromm, then I think Georgia will go ahead and win this game. And partly, part of me is leaning toward Georgia anyways because I was going to ask you, how do you think, if I gave you two situations of how this game is going to go, which one would you lean towards? Would you lean towards a, like, 28-25 close game or, like, 24-21? Basically, it's a low-scoring game on Oklahoma standards. Or do you see this game being 52-49 shootout kind of a game? If you had to pick one or the other. Uh, I'm not going to say 52-49, but I could see this game being up into the 30s. But like a barn burner. This could, this could be, you know, your 35-31 mm-hmm. type of... Uh, type type of game where we're coming down to you know just a couple of points, maybe a field goal, a touchdown at mm-hmm. the end of it. It it it's going to be it. You know, on paper, this looks to be an outstanding game, and I really hope that's what we end up getting. And with this being the Rose Bowl this year, we're hoping for another good one. We know what we got last mm-hmm. year in the Rose Bowl. Honestly, I would not expect anything less. Maybe not the same amount of points. But I would not expect anything less. But what's really funny is that you look at these teams, you say, man, this, you know, this defense is really, really good. This offense is really, really good. Maybe we, I mean, we could come out and get just a complete 21 7. 
Mm-hmm. Or we could come out and we could get forty nine cool. to to uh, twenty eight. I mean, it, it, you just you never know in these games what ends up happening. And that's the one thing I wanted to I was going to reference is I remember like, I'm trying to think back to the different semifinal games that we have seen, and like last year sticks into my mind because both semifinal games I didn't like. I w- didn't. I'll say I didn't like them. Like. The Clemson, the Clemson Ohio State one was probably the better of the two, but it wasn't that much better than the stomping of terrible. the stomping of Alabama to Washington. Then it's like I, I remember thought, I would have, I would have honestly I have to stop right there. I would have said the other game was better. Really, the, the Clemson Ohio State game was so pitiful. Well, I didn't. I thought they were both equally not thrilling. Like the the best year, I would say the best year that we saw in semifinal games would have been our first year where you had Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. I know the end final score was Oregon by a mile, but that game, at least in the beginning, was a game. And then the Alabama, the Zeke game, the Ohio State-Alabama one, yeah, Zeke blew it off in the end, but that game still had some thrill throughout, but the national championship. However, I mean, look at the last two years. The semifinal games have been kind of... But then our national championship game has been like, oh, so it depends on what way you want to go. Do you want to have awesome semifinal games and a shit championship game? Or do you want crappy semifinal games or an awesome national championship? That's where we're that's what it seems like we're at the last two years. But see, that's that's supposed to be something where it's on the committee. I was just going to say that, but I'm also, as I was going to Mm -hmm. say that, they cannot predict exactly how these Mm -hmm. teams are going to play once they end up playing each other and they're matched up against each other. Because, again, you you think you know what you're going to get, Mm -hmm. and then it just doesn't always happen that way. But that's what I was going to say, is that it really does come down to the committee. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be putting in the four best teams so we can get... The two best games. That's mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be because they want to keep people tuning in so they can keep making money and that they can continuously do this every single year so that they can say, no, 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 we don't need six. We don't need eight. Four is perfect. We're good. And I'm not trying to make an argument that there should be more at this yeah. point. But what I'm saying is that th- that comes down to the committee. You're supposed to give us the four best teams and put the four best teams I'm not saying it's easy because it's not, but that's how we're supposed to have mm-hmm. good games. Well, it's like look at the first year we had Clemson and Alabama. We all thought that the Oklahoma-Clemson game was going to be something special. Baker Mayfield goes out there, yeah, 300 yards, but throws one touchdown to two INTs. Yeah. Deshaun Watson in this Clemson team that year with Wayne Gallman, two for Wayne. He had a... Uh, one on the ground for Watson, one through the air, only one mistake for Clemson and Watson, and they won the game 37-17. to 17. So now really very interesting that you bring that mm-hmm. game up because I don't know if anyone's thinking about it. And maybe Baker's you, got it. I was say, not but, thinking about that game, but I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't thought about that game well, once Well, I was just going to say to our to our viewers, mm-hmm. is you may be thinking about it, or maybe you'll, you'll be saying, no, Brandon, you're a little off on this one, is that not necessarily that Baker's thinking about that game, but you have mm-hmm. to go back and look at that game. Baker Mayfield was unable to really do much leaving the pocket. They knocked him down. Clemson's defense did a whole lot. He could not stay upright, while on the other side, who was able to run all over the field? Deshaun Watson. Watson. So he was all over the place in a mm-hmm. good way. Now, could that happen again? Well, they're kind of primed. You know, both teams are kind of primed for it. Where Breaker mm-hmm. Mayfield is 
the 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 he's the passing quarterback. He's a game changer at quarterback. He can make any throw you need. But then on the other side, you've got a Georgia comparing somewhat to Clemson mm-hmm. here that they've got a really good defense. They have a tremendous running game. And they have a quarterback who, again, can make a lot of really good throws and is very talented. So you're looking at something that's very similar, mm-hmm. a matchup very similar to that one just a couple of years ago. The only difference, and this is splitting hairs here, is the only difference I see from ma- that matchup to this matchup. I don't see Jake Fromm having 145 on the ground. No, however, he's not going to do that. However, I could see Swift, Michael, and Chubb all having over 300, like 300 yards together. The three of them having a combined 300 yards on the ground. Like, that wouldn't surprise me if those three backs had 300 yards combined. Well, you know, that's a, you know, but that, that's another thing. And what's what's interesting is, is that the uh, Georgia defense mm-hmm. up front, strong, very strong up front. So we're going to, we're going to really see how they're able to handle that running game for Oklahoma. And we'll be able to see that early. If Oklahoma is unable to get anything going on the ground, as I said earlier, early in that game or really at any point during mm-hmm. that game, if I mean, if you're looking at, let's say, five attempts for 13 yards, I expect Oklahoma to be losing in that game. Mm-hmm. But if now you're looking at 15 carries for close to 100, I would think Oklahoma would be up or very, very Close, very tight game there because of the running game. I think on both sides, really, it's going to help decide mm-hmm. things because the running game will help set up for Oklahoma's pass. And then the running game, I don't want to say it is everything for Georgia, but that is what they fall on. If you do put it into the hands of Jacob Fromm, I think that things are going to be a little bit more difficult because they are built mm-hmm. to really run the football exceptionally well. And if they cannot do that, they are really losing a key piece there. So I really do think it comes down to both running games. And this is where I want to turn it on to you guys. What do you guys think down below about this game? You might be asking, but guys, you didn't make your prediction. Check out the picks video for this week where we went through all the bowl matchups. 75 of them. That will have who do we have winning this game. So let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. But, Brandon, let's move on into the second semifinal game. And I screwed up during the first segment. I had to relook over my notes. 2-3 was Oklahoma-Georgia. We are now looking at the 1-4 matchup, which is the Alabama Crimson Tide at number four, the Clemson Tigres at number one. And, Ricky, I just I got I get, I to gotta get up and say for this one, <laughs> Clemson fans, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your team made it. Your I don't know. team made it. What's funny is you I don't guys know if were, they could hear you. That's fine. I'm yelling. I'm literally <laughs> yelling. So, um, Clemson fans, you know, nice job. You, you, you dogged Ricky and I throughout the season. Oh, they're basically, not done. Basically, because we, we dogged your team. Yeah, but they're, they're not done. But, 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 they're not but done I, 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 did, I did have to get up and say, you guys made it. We owe you that. I certainly do. Nice job. You know what? You know who's very confused right now? Our Blog Talk Radio listeners. They're probably like, "What the hell is going on?" I could hear Brandon. I couldn't hear Brandon. Now I can hear Brandon again. For our Blog Talk Radio listeners, Brandon got up and he bowed or did something to yeah. the camera to our Clemson fans. to our Clemson fans. But like I said, they're not done dogging us because we still got to talk about this game. The one thing I want to start with this one, and this is my own personal belief, 
in my heart of hearts, I believe that this is going to be better than the national championship game, no matter who we get. This game, like, we will look back and go, man, that national championship was all right, but man, what if that Clemson-Alabama game was a national championship, man? That was a game. That was probably the best game of this playoff. I could see us saying that at the end of everything. You know, for some reason, for some reason, and I could be completely wrong, I feel like this game, this Alabama versus Clemson part three, is not going to live up to what we believe it should be. Just because I feel like we've had this, now, obviously like, now like this many, being Like the, many movies, it's outdone its run, and it should have stopped after two, maybe even one. No, it needed. <laughs> it, it definitely needed to go to two. Okay. It needed to go to two. This is this is one of those movies but where you, you needed a sequel. You this needed is the a tiebreaker. But but here's the whole thing: is that that's the point? Is that mm-hmm. we look at this as being the okay? We need this because this is going to show us who the best team out of these these two is. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is completely different. I mean, we're I mean we're looking at Jalen Hurts, who you know has uh, been able to. You know, be there now for one year. He was there obviously last year, Coker the year before. Mm-hmm. We have no more Watson, no more Williams, you know, no no more Gallman. A, a lot of these guys, you know, defensively they're they're gone. It, we're not seeing the same. So not, you're making excuses for Clemson. I see they're losing all these players. How could it be the same game? But that's but, <laughs> but what I'm what I'm trying to say is I'm not mm-hmm. trying to make excuses on either side. I'm saying I don't think that we're going to be seeing the same game that we really hope and dream mm-hmm. of seeing that we've seen the last two years. That is that is just a gut feeling inside of me because we are hyping it up so much. Mm-hmm. It's like it is. It's like going to the movies and you're like, this is going to be the best one. Huge. And, and it's going it, to be amazing. And then, and then you get out and you're like, son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Just wasted twelve fifty or 13 in some places. And I want my money back. I hope it's not, but I just have that gut feeling that it's going to be. However, it is going to be interesting because it is part three of Clemson, Alabama, mm-hmm. and the last two have lived up to be exactly in everything that we've wanted. The most important thing, you know how in the last one I said, oh, I'm looking forward to Georgia's defense against Baker Mayfield and that offense? Yeah. In this one, I cannot wait to see Alabama's offense hit the field and Clemson's defense hit the field. Because if I'm looking back at the last three games, and for Alabama and for everyone out there, I'm just going to totally disclude the exhibition game that they played on the 18th against Mercer. I believe they played an exhibition game that week, right? <laughs> that was not a real game. That was the JV. So, that was the JV week. So just for this segment, when I say last three for Alabama, I'm talking about Auburn, Mississippi State, and LSU. Not that, not that exhibition that they played against a weak opponent that, like, that was one thing. This is Ricky on his soapbox again. I was talking to um, someone at work today, and he was like, man, Alabama. I'm like, dude, they don't go and play anybody. Last year, they play the Trojans. We'll play in Texas. This year, we'll play Florida State, but we'll play in a neutral site close enough to Alabama. They don't go anywhere. They don't play anybody. So Ricky's off his soapbox. Just letting you know I'm not counting the exhibition game on the 18th. However, if you look at their last three, they only score 14 to Auburn. They do score 31 against Mississippi State, but it's a close game. And they only score 24 against LSU. Vastly lower than most of their games up up to that point, except for the Texas A&M game. You look at Clemson in their last three, Miami only scored three. 
South Carolina only scored 10. I'll do them the same justice that I did the Alabama is that I'll exclude the exhibition you played against the Citadel on the 18th, although the Citadel got a field goal, and then they gave up 14 to Florida State. So the defense, one game where it's like, okay, that's the most, but then it's like 10 and 3. And I know South Carolina, not the big opponent like Alabama or even a Miami, but last game, man, Miami, I thought they would score more than just three points, and this Clemson defense shut them down. And, I mean, Rozier was kind of inaccurate, but that was a good effort by Clemson's defense to just shut down the Miami Hurricane, and that is why I'm excited for them. That side of the ball against Alabama's offense when these two meet the field on the 31st. Well, Ricky, let me just put it to you plain and simple Mm -hmm. right here. If... Clemson's defense is able to stop Alabama's running game and keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, Clemson wins. Mm -hmm. That is so simple. That is the simple way to put it. It's much more complex than that, but that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what what teams who have been able to beat Alabama Mm -hmm. have been able to do. But now let me tell you something, though. Is that where where do you where do you see Kelly Bryant in terms of where do you look at him and place him in terms of in terms of a good mm-hmm. quarterback quote unquote I did quotes there for Blog Talk Radio listeners yeah quotes good well, quarterback and that's the thing where if there's anything if there's any like all the names that you named at the beginning most of them Clemson players that aren't going to be in this matchup that were in the last two that these two teams played. If there's any one name I'm looking at as a Clemson fan, like, all right, it's going to be different. Like, Clemson fans are going to come in and have confidence. I'm not saying you're not. Mm-hmm. However, Kelly Bryant's got some, he's got some big shoes to fill in this game because Deshaun Watson was the reason they, like, Deshaun Watson was the reason Clemson won last year. No, no doubt. If they don't have Deshaun Watson, they don't win that game. And I know there were some big catches you had Renthrow doing some great things. You had a big catch by Mike Williams late in the game. But if you don't have Deshaun Watson, you do not win that game. Kind of like the year before, I think it was the year before, if Alabama doesn't have O.J. Howard, they don't win that game. Like, that's what it came down to, a special player winning that game. And that's the interesting part on the flip side of the ball that I'm interested to see is I feel like Alabama's defense is going to what I would do take away take away everything short basically anything within 20 yards we're going to be all over you we're going to force you to throw the ball down the field beat us deep I'm daring you to beat us deep that's kind of what I'm going to do I'm going to force Clemson to throw it deep try to shut down everything up front and just be all over the ball on short passes and that's the question mark that I have with Kelly Bryant is can he successfully continue to go deep down the field and beat Alabama doing it? So another another thing that I want to be able to mention is that, uh, again, on the defensive side for, for Clemson, let's mm-hmm. not forget the people who are up front uh, defensively. Clellan Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, mm-hmm. all ACCers. I mean, this is... This is phenomenal. I mean, when we're You're talking about Clemson's defense, that's what I okay. just said. Um, that is just making sure that is just crazy. 
those guys that are up front for that defense who are going to be trying to stop the rushing attack for Alabama. Yeah. The 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 rushing game for Alabama versus that defensive front for Clemson is going to be the most exciting thing to watch that entire night. Who's mm-hmm. going to win the battle in the trenches there? And it's going to be very, very hard fought throughout the entire game. Alabama's health, health of their defensive players mainly. Mm-hmm. They were not healthy for that Iron Bowl. They were certainly nowhere near healthy They've for that Iron Bowl. They've had time to rest up. They've though. had time to rest up. They're going to be without uh, Hootie Jones starting mm-hmm. safety. So he's out with an MCL injury. But for the most part... He's going to play with the Blowfish, right? Hootie? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, uh, they're overall going to have more time to rest. That was mm-hmm. funny. Um, Sometimes then, I have some good ones. <laughs> most times you do. Yeah, Not okay. everyone enjoys it or appreciates yeah. it, but you do. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, you're welcome, Ricky. <laughs> That's what friends do. We always say that our other friends' jokes are funny. Um, I need to tell my other friends that. But uh, I, I think that... That's going to be a very, very key mm-hmm. thing for Alabama. And then it comes to when you look at the quarterback battle in this game. You've got Kelly Bryant, who's new to this position. But as I said, in the case of Jake Fromm for Georgia, doesn't mean that they're any less prepared or ready because they've had big games throughout the season. But this is now the second year that Jalen Hurts is going to be in this spot. This is going to be the second time that he's played Clemson. Mm-hmm. Obviously not in the national championship game this year, but it's still a big spot. You win, you're, you're in the national championship. It could be the slight edge to Hurts because he's been here, he's done it, and he's hoping to do it again. But this is going to be, again, on paper, looks to be a great, great game. Mm-hmm. I hope that it is. Again, my gut feeling is that we're not going to be, if there was a game that we're not that we're going to look at the two games, Georgia-Oklahoma and Alabama-Clemson, I'm going to say that Georgia-Oklahoma is going to be the better game just for a gut feeling that we're looking for this to be Part three, Alabama. Who? So you're saying people, we're going to overhype it? We already have overhyped it. Uh, it. We're calling it a part three. Of course, mm-hmm. it's going to. It's already overhyped. And not that it's not part three because it is, but um, it's going to be Alabama and the Crimson Tide, the team who's there all the time, the team who a lot of people thought shouldn't be there, and Ohio State should have. They shouldn't have, by the way. But um, and then on the other side for Clemson, Clemson, this team who has who has just kind of stuck around all season long, not doing anything spectacular. And Clemson fans, you may be able to get behind me on that. They haven't done anything like, whoa! But they've mm-hmm. done some really good things and just maintained their level of production all throughout the year. And now we're going to be like, okay, okay, here we go. This is it. And then we just don't get it. So I, I that's why I think that we're going to see the better game on the mm-hmm. other side. Again, gut feeling on this one, but I hope we still see a good game. You know what offensively for Clemson needs to show up for them to win to help out Kelly Bryant? Even if Kelly Bryant wants to do it, that'll work too. I'm going to read you some totals from the last three games for Alabama. Iron Bowl, you had Johnson, 30 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Jarrett Stidham, 12 carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Able to move the ball on the ground. Then Mississippi State. I know Mississippi State didn't win. But 97 yards for Williams, two tutties. Nick Fitzgerald, 66 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Mm -hmm. Then you had LSU. You had Williams with 83 and a touchdown. You had Geis with 71. You even had Gage with 26. I don't give a crap which Tiger 
running back wants to do it. Could be all of them, could be two of them, could be one of them. Has to be somebody. Somebody needs to pick up the torch and say, I am going to put in the work this game. Because that is how you are going to beat Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, how you're going to beat Alabama, is run the ball, force the defense, first wear them out because you're running the ball nonstop. Then you get them to creep up, that'll open things over the top, and then you can't. Remember I said take away 20 yards? Well, if you keep running the ball, they have to come up and respect the run. That'll open up 12 to 13 to 15-yard yeah. passes, and you can kind of throw within that 10 to 20-yard range. That's why I'm looking at the running backs from Clemson. I go, if that offense wants to be successful, they got to get something going. The, the magical situation would be two running backs doing it or one running back and Kelly Bryant, but I don't see that. I see two running backs have to have it going and getting some scores on the ground. And that's why one of the reasons why I think that Alabama lost that game to Auburn Auburn when they did was because, I mean, I think I sat here and said, Ricky, what's one of the things that Alabama has struggled with is when they go up against a good quarterback, Mm They're unable to to really hold him. I, I mean, look Nick at, I mean, Fitzgerald had a chance to beat him too. He well, just overthrew it. No, but see, that's that's the whole thing. Nick yeah. Fitzgerald, who I who I would consider to be a good quarterback, mm-hmm. he's a mobile quarterback. He's a guy who can run. Obviously, he did. Yeah. They had the chance. They had the chance. They made that game close throughout. That one, and was, then he lost. That one was just funny. He throws the perfect ball penalty. They move ten ten yards closer. He overthrows it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I forgot they moved ten yards closer. I, so I, that's what it was. I think that that's. That's going to be another thing that, that that comes into play. It's you know how how well will Kelly Bryant perform, mm-hmm. and will he will his offensive line be able to hold up against Alabama's defensive front? Will they give him time? Will he be able to run the football effectively? Mm-hmm. But I think the same can be said on the other side for Jalen Hurts. Again, like I said, it's simple to say, difficult to be able to then go through and really dissect it. Is that if if Jalen Hurts is unable to get out of the pocket and run because Jalen Hurts, running quarterback, I mean, he can throw the football too, and he's effective at it. I think he's gotten better this season, but Mm -hmm. he's still a running quarterback. If he's unable to do what he enjoys doing, and that's being able to get out of the pocket and be mobile, he is going to struggle. He will end up having to make throws that he necessarily doesn't want to have to make or feel comfortable making. And if those running backs for Alabama are unable to get anything going effectively on the ground, which we saw it against, I don't know if you remember the game against Texas Mm A&M, but they struggled. They struggled mightily on the ground to get anything going. And I think they also struggled against LSU to get anything going on the ground. LSU was struggling to do anything offensively, but Alabama, if they struggle on the ground, they stink. They are not very good, and Clemson will have to take advantage of that if they can do it. I'll ask you before we move on, any final thoughts about this game between the Tigres and the Roll Tide? I do really hope that we end up getting a, a good game here. Uh, I think that we have two really good teams, two teams who I think have obviously grown accustomed to playing each other. So mm-hmm. that's why it's going to be really interesting. A it's going to be a rivalry. It is, and it's going to be interesting to come down how the coaching is. You've got two really good coaches, two coaches I respect very much on mm-hmm. both sides. Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney, I think two of the best in the coaching game in college football. Uh, guys who have completely great football minds and and guys who are ready for this one. And that's why it's going to be really interesting because there's there's 
there's new players, but there's no new schemes. You know, it's it's back to the same that we've been doing for the last couple mm-hmm. of years, same type of thing. Alabama's going to try and run the ball with a three-headed monster, and then Clemson is going to try and uh, get you with some some plays. I, I hope you know for them probably out, out of the pocket with Kelly Bryant, be able to do some of those things, and then obviously open up some holes to to run the football. Clemson's the one that is a little interesting to me because when they had Deshaun Watson, they were good with the pass. With Kelly Bryant, I'm not sure what to expect because he's kind of had an up-and-down season. Some, mm. some games he's been a pretty good passer. Other games he hasn't really been all that effective with the pass, but the running games come to play. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he performs against a, a pretty good and, 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 for the most part, healthy Alabama defense. Well, what's funny is I'm looking at right now we're recording this, like I said, on the 18th because Brandon and I will not be here in the studio for Christmas. I mentioned O.J. Howard early. He's got a touchdown in the Monday night game right now. For uh, Tampa Bay. He does. O.J. Howard's actually done mm-hmm. fairly well in the NFL with Tampa Bay this year. But this is where I want to turn it on to you guys. Let us know what you guys think down below about this matchup. Who you got winning? What do you expect? Do you think we're overhyping it? I'm going to throw that out because that's what Brandon was kind of going at, is that maybe it doesn't live up to the hype. What do you guys think will happen? If you're looking for our picks, check out our picks video. That is going to have our prediction on how we think this game will turn out but let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section but brandon let's move over to the hardwood before we finish the podcast making our picks with our final bowl game actually this is the podcast last picks last picks we ever have to do for football season i know you're happy just this year because you're yeah well this year obviously don't make it seem like we're never coming back but I know you'll be happy because I know how you've hated bowl season so far. Well, here's you the, just like all the pointless bowls. They're just dumb. Mm-hmm. We all know it's just so that they can make money and yep. stuff like that. I get it. I understand it. It's capitalism. But what we're going to do is we're going to the hardwood, and here's what I want to do. This is, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, you're getting this on Tuesday. That's how hunky-dory. You're all happy. But if you're listening to this or you're watching this on YouTube, hello, guys, um, you're getting this on Thursday. Tomorrow, as this goes up on YouTube, will begin conference play, more importantly for the Big 12 Conference. And I'm looking at an article right here on ESPN that says College Basketball Hoops Power Rankings. It's time to notice the Big 12. And I look at the standings for the Big 12. The lowest team right now as we record this on Monday, December 18th, because we're pre-recording this for the Christmas week. Texas is the lowest team at 8 and 3. The best team, TCU at 11 and 0. They have 3 teams with one losses, they have 4 teams with 5 teams with two losses. I want to ask you this Brandon, kind of a preemptive and preview for conference season coming up. Will the Big 12 be the best conference in college basketball this year? Will they be the best as in and this is what I mean by this question. Will they have the most tournament teams? When we get to the tournament, that's what I mean. Be the best of where when we get to bracketology, it's like, man, this conference was so good. We got to go with about six of these teams. Well, I know that it's, you know, there's still plenty of time left. There's mm-hmm. still plenty of games to be played in the meat and potatoes now. Coming. Love potatoes. Uh, yes, you do. Um, but I would say right now, you take a look. TCU ranked. Texas mm-hmm. Tech ranked. West Virginia ranked. Oklahoma ranked. Baylor ranked. Uh, Kansas is ranked. I, I mean... You know, it's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. All these teams that are ranked all in the Big 12. The Big 12 for me 
would certainly have to just completely implode. Multiple teams would have to implode and just stink the rest of the way out for them to not be the best conference out of the Power Fives in basketball this season. Especially at this point, they have been so good. They have been so good, so strong. Their worst team, three losses. That's impressive. That's really, really good. And one of those three losses for Texas was to Duke. It was to Duke. And they shouldn't have even lost. Well, it was to Duke in overtime where um, where Bamba, 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 he was fouled out. And the only reason they lost is because they didn't have anyone that could guard Marvin Bagley. Well, who really does? Yeah. But, um, I again, I think that so far this has been the strongest conference in the NCAA so far. It has been, I think, one of the most exciting conferences mm-hmm. so far. They've got really good teams with really good players. And honestly, Ricky, this is one of the first times that I think we've, in a little while now, that we've taken a look at the Big 12 and we've talked about someone it feels like in a while mm-hmm. outside of just Kansas. Yeah. You know, I mean, even a couple of years ago, we talked about Oklahoma because they had Buddy Heald there and they were a, they were a good team. They were a strong team. Well, last but year, if I'm not mistaken, didn't their – this is their conference tournament. Didn't that come down to what was it, TCU-Oklahoma? Wasn't that the conference tur- conference title game, if I'm not mistaken? Ricky, I'll be honest with you. I can't remember. Which was a great game to watch. But I remember TCU even in the conference tournament was making a run. But this is, well, again, honestly, I just feel like from this conference, when you talk about it, if you say to the average fan, Mm -hmm. have you heard of the Big 12? Oh, Kansas? Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's. But I feel like that's what you get. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because Kansas has been, or I shouldn't say a bad thing, that's not necessarily an uncommon thing that you would hear because Kansas has been the team in there and has been one of the top teams, one of the top seeds the main, so many times the in, in the tournament. Yeah, they've, yeah. They've, they've been the mainstream media. And uh, when it comes down to everyone else, they're just kind of, uh, you know, side dishes. But mm-hmm. I think they're kind of trying to say, no, 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 we're a full course meal here. So that's really, you know, put it in food terms for you. But I, I, I love think, when you do that, Brian. I, I love it. It may have been the first time I've done it, but you do like it. Um <laughs> But again, you have TCU competing. Haven't they haven't lost a game yet? Texas Tech one loss. West Virginia one loss. Oklahoma eight and one with possibly one of the best players in the country on their team. They've just been incredible. Baylor with two losses. Kansas Kansas isn't even at the top of the pack right now. Mm-hmm. Nine and two in the middle to lower end right now, just based on where they're at standing wise. It is refreshing to see some of these other teams kind of pop out out in front at least to start things off once you get into conference play that's when you start playing obviously playing against each other and seeing who's the best out of those conference teams and it's a lot of fun but so far we are really looking at a strong big 12 conference in college basketball well and the thing and i know it's early but i mean i'm looking right now joe lenardi his last bracketology bracket was updated on december 14th and what he has right now is him personally, he has 11 ACC teams in the tournament. The next two, seven SEC teams and seven Big 12 teams. Now, the thing that you got to look at is when, let's see, the first four out, no Big 10, Big 12 teams there. So, yeah, actually, the next eight, he doesn't have any other. Um, big 12 teams in, but like when I look at Friday and Saturday coming up, because this is coming out on Thursday, 
the matchups that we're already going to see to start off on Friday, we're going to get a nine right now as we're recording this early, a two loss Baylor team at the moment against a one loss Texas Tech team. Both of those are ranked. That'll be in Lubbock, Texas. In Austin, we're going to get Kansas-Texas. That's going to be a good matchup. And even West Virginia-Oklahoma State, Kansas State-Ohio State. But the big one to me, the Saturday matchup, we're going to get Oklahoma T. The first game that Trey Young and Oklahoma get to play is, here you go. Right now, undefeated TCU. Here you go. Have fun. That's pretty impressive. Have fun on the road in Fort Worth, Texas. So it's not going to be a home game for the Sooners. It's going to be a road game. And let's be completely honest, this TCU team should be undefeated when they go into there because the only other game that they are going to play before that is, to me, an easy game against William and Mary. They should demolish William and Mary at home and be 12 and 0 ready for the Sooners on Saturday. Well, it's 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 really fun, and this is again, this is where it gets to be really fun to watch mm-hmm. and see some of these really good players on display like your Trey Youngs and you get to see which which one's the better team you know you've now been you've you've played your out of your out of conference schedules and and a lot of these teams have played some really good ones I mean, I mean I'm looking at Oklahoma right now they played USC they nail biter there 85-83 they beat Arkansas. them U- USC 25 at the time Wichita State 91-83 Wichita State 3 at the time on the road at Wichita State uh, yeah, Arkansas that was, was one. Loss. They, they lost yeah. that one. They lost ninety two eighty three there. But you're you're looking at some really good games, and I really want to look at that Wichita State game because they won that one ninety one eighty three. Mm-hmm. I think Wichita State is a very good team, very strong team. They're now down to eleven uh, in the in the rankings that uh, that just just came out today. But mm-hmm. that's a good team. You hung on. You beat a good team like that. You're 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 pretty good. You're pretty good. And, and Oklahoma, I think, is going to be one of those teams this year that's that's back among the mm-hmm. top of the pack in the Big Twelve as being really good. So when they play TCU, who, like you said, undefeated right now, and certainly could be undefeated when it gets to that game on December thirtieth on the road at TCU, you're in for a good one. Well, and I'm going to screw up this. I screw up this team every year, but like I even look at Texas, they have three losses, right? You look at their losses already in the year. Two of them were the, I want to say it was what, the P, the PX80, I believe, was the tournament that they played, um, Duke and then the Zags, Gonzaga. Um, and both of those games between Duke and Gonzaga, overtime games. They lost to Duke 85-74. Like I said, that was because uh, Bamba was fouled out. They couldn't have anyone guard uh, Bagley. But then the Zags, they only lost 76-71. Quality losses aren't good, but quality losses, their only bad loss to me, Michigan. That's it. And it was a 59-52 loss at home to Michigan. I mean, the, the thing is, these teams, the one that kind of sparks me as kind of a little weird is their last game. They only won 47-46 against Tennessee State. That one kind of, I saw it and I kind of went, what, only 47 points? That sounds like a first half, not an entire game when it comes to Texas. But that's your worst team, and that's the opponents that you've lost to. This conference to me, like, what I feel like with the Big 12 is I feel like the ACC is going to be the more favored 
conference when it comes to teams getting in the tournament. That's why you see Lenardi give them 11 teams. The Conference of Champions, the ACC, you have Duke, North Carolina, you, all these teams. They're kind of like the hoity-toity conference. Without being, I'm not <laughs> saying all the teams are hoity-toity, but they're like the Conference of Champions. We're the best conference. Whereas the Big 12, little, I feel like a little bit more gritty. The Big 12 right now is going to be what we used to think the Big Ten was, or used to say the Big Ten was. Because remember, two, three, four years ago, we were saying, hey, is the Big Ten the best conference in college basketball? Now we're going to be saying that well, about it the was. Big 12. Yeah. Well, it was. It was. I mean, you, you take a look at it. You look at those Big Ten teams mm-hmm. at the time, and they were strong. I mean, they were some really mm-hmm. very good, strong teams. I mean, I still remember Ohio State for the longest time was – Real good. I Ohio mean, they State, were cranking Michigan, out teams. Michigan State, Indiana. Like, you had the teams there. Purdue usually was at the bottom of the upper echelon, but it started. they started to go up. Ohio State fell a little bit. I think this is going to be more of that, where it's like from top to bottom, anybody in this conference can beat anybody on any given night. And I think every single big – not every single, but most of the Big 12 matchups in the conference – are going to be great to watch, and we're probably going to be seeing a ton of like, holy crap, I didn't expect that team to beat that team. But like I said, with this conference, I feel like any given team can beat anyone on any given night. And to talk about a a team that has been the staple for this conference for Mm -hmm. many years, the Kansas Jayhawks, is that they beat Kentucky their second game of the season. We saw that game live live. at the United Center. It was a great game. And, and what do we remember from that game, Ricky? Let's go, Cats! Yeah. All right, so Kentucky. We, for those who weren't there with us, we were the section that we bought tickets for because literally they split the United Center into four. Our seats were in the Kentucky, like the, the section that they gave to Kentucky fans. So we were surrounded by... Wildcat, blue cat, and they are blue. With, with a couple of big blue uh, nation. With a couple of Kansas Jayhawk fans to our left. Well, it was a Kansas fan and a Michigan State fan. Yes, I remember that. But we were surrounded mostly by uh, by big big blue nation surrounded yes. us. Yes, we were. BBN was sur- was surrounded <laughs> us. Big blue nation. But what I wanted to say about Kansas is that they played that game against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Tough game. They won it sixty five sixty one. But since then, the only other team that they've played that's competitive was Arizona State. They lost 95-85. Kansas has had one of the easiest schedules so far in terms of ranked teams. Mm-hmm. They have had one of the easiest now, schedules, and yet they're 9-2. and two. Here's the only thing I'm going to mention is, first off, what I find funny is I just pulled up the rankings. Michigan State, who lost that same day we yes. went to the United Center, they're back up to the number 2 team in the nation. But the thing is, the Arizona State loss, I think, although Arizona State was 16 at the time, I think that is a quality loss for Kansas. Because right now, Arizona State's the number three team in the country. So, I mean, it's kind of like we look at it all the time. I'm, not, the, I'm, not, say, I'm not saying that it's, not, like a, that it's not a loss that like you can— you should have beat Washington. I'm, well, exactly. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that you can't look at Arizona State and say, hey, you know what? That was a competitive game. Yeah. We lost that one. You know, we straight up just you know mm-hmm. lost that one. They were a good team. But I'm saying outside of that, there's nobody else that you that you can look at and go. And Kentucky, you mm-hmm. know, K- Kentucky obviously being a good, you can't look and go, yeah, man, that San Diego State game that was that was tough. Texas Southern, 
Now that was a tough Oakland. Tully, you know, none of those yeah. are going. You know what I'm saying? I not, get it. Not that every game has to be back and forth and mm-hmm. back and forth, you know, ranked teams, but they— But you like, got to have some of those games. You have to. But Washington, like you said, that's a loss that you look at and you go, eh, probably shouldn't have lost that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coming up, you've got Stanford on the road, Texas on the road, Texas Tech at, at home, on the road at TCU— that takes us to January 6th. That game on the road at TCU, I think, again, will be an interesting one just because right now, TCU mm-hmm. be, being the number one team in that conference in the Big 12 at 11 0. Well, here's what I'll ask you before we end this up and we go over to our picks for the rest of the bowl games. Any final thoughts on this kind of bracketology segment with Big 12 being the could they be the best conference in college basketball? Well, I just want to say I'm really excited that we're looking at the Big 12 right now because a lot of times, you know, college basketball time, it's looking at the ACC. Mm-hmm. That's what it's usually looking at. But I'm, I'm excited that the, the, turn, the, the confidence of champions, Brandon. You didn't say it right. The conference of champions. I well, don't know why I'm putting like a British accent on it. But uh, I, I have I, a re- weird accent on things that shouldn't have accents. <laughs> That's what I do. I really do like seeing uh, this this conference in the Big Twelve uh, really seem to take a leap this mm-hmm. year so far. Again, with their worst team being worst team, quote unquote, re- being Texas at eight and three. It's refreshing. One thing I will say, and I was thinking about this watching the Oklahoma Wichita State game. This past weekend, although part of me felt like, oh, God, Oklahoma's going to let them get back in there, but poor shooting kept the Shockers out of it. I, watching that game, I'm just looking, going, for sure this Oklahoma team's going to be a second weekend team, and I'm like, I'm leaning towards they could be a Final Four team. That's what I'm looking at. I mean, they've got the star power, they've got the team, they've got the coach. I, at this moment... If you said, Ricky, how far are they going to go? Sweet 16 at the least. And that's one thing watching. that I can't wait to, now we're going to get into conference schedule and we're going to get into teams that know each other. And it's basically, like I said for this one, anyone can beat anybody on any given night. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. Will the Big 12 be the best conference in college basketball this season. Let us know what you guys think down below. But, Brandon, let's end the podcast with our last ever here for this season of the Primetime Podcast. We are ending with our picks going through the bowl season from December 26th all the way through the semifinal games. And let's start it off. We've got the Utah One Utes, not two Utes, but one Ute. The last time I'm going to make that joke this season. We got the <laughs> Utah Utes against the West Virginia Mountaineers. 77% going with the Mountaineers. I am going to go along with them. West Virginia over Utah. Yeah, I'm going with West Virginia in this one as well. West Virginia. Oh, I'm sorry. Zaxby's heart of Dallas Bowl. Forgot to say that. I'm going with West Virginia in this one. Obviously, reigning from the Big 12 Conference, they know how to put up points, and they'll do it. I hate this ball. You want to know why? I, I referenced it on last week's podcast, Brandon. I hate this ball. Because my heart was taken from me. My line, I finally made a bowl game. Whew, okay, we're past that. We're moving Back on. in when, 2011? We're, we're moving on. No, it was like, what, two or three years? It was like Tim Beckman's before the year before his final year. Before he started to make people play yeah, with concussions. Yeah, so maybe three years ago. But still, we're moving on. Whew, we got this. Lovey's 
hopefully got this. But we're moving on. The quick lane bowl. The Duke Blue Devils. They should have a slow lane bowl then, right? Just even it out. Yeah, 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 even it out. We got the Duke Blue Devils. Now we got the NIU Huskies moving right past that joke. Who you got? Uh, I <laughs> am going upset. I'm going with the Duke Blue Devils. Right. Their, their defense has shown a couple of times throughout the year mm-hmm. that uh, it, it, it can be pretty tough. It can be pretty stingy. I think that Duke will get the win here. Well, we live in the great state of Illinois. so Illinois or Illinois? Illinois, Illinois, however you want to say it. That's where we live. <laughs> and I'm going with NIU, the Huskies, to win the game. Let's move on. The Cactus Bowl, so I can take a drink of a, my nice, tasty beverage and my water. We got Kansas State. We're going with the Bruins. That's who I'm going with. Upset special. Josh Rosen and the Bruins to beat K-State. Doesn't really feel like an upset, but it's an upset because only 44% are going with the Bruins. I'm also going upset. I'm going with the Bruins as well in the Cactus Bowl. Then we're going to move on. We've got the Independence Bowl. The walk-ons. Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles going up against FSU and the Seminoles. I'm going to go with the Seminoles. Like, part of me was like, do I go with Brett Favre's alma mater? But I said, no, I've got to go at Florida State over the Golden Eagles. Yeah, I'm also going to say... You moved your hand, and I was like, he's going to hit the button, no, isn't he? No, I'm also going to say I'm going to go with Florida State. This one was a tough one, because, mm-hmm. and the reason why I say it was a tough one, because Florida State has been so bad since they lost DeAndre um, Francois. Francois. I almost said DeAndre Hopkins, but um, DeAndre Francois... Yeah, fantasy football in the mind. Yeah, I don't know why I'm out of it, um, but uh, <laughs> they should be able to get this game. But not necessarily, but I'm still picking them. I am going to go with... FSU as well. I just I just can't do it. However, the next game, the New Era Pinstripe Bowl, we've got the Hawkeyes, we've got the Boston College Eagles. I'm going to fate. I'm going to go with destiny here. 18% of people, I'm going to be one of them, picking the Boston College Eagles to upset the Iowa Hawkeyes in New York. Yeah, I'm going to go with Iowa in this one. I, they had a pr- ended up having a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you beat Ohio State, it's a good season, and they not only beat Ohio State, but they bent them over. Well, from one Big Ten team to another matchup with a Big Ten team, we've got the Foster's Farm Bowl, or Foster Farm Bowl. We've got Arizona. We've got Purdue. I am going to hit the button yet again and go with Purdue with 21% of people over the Wildcats. Boiler up, baby! I've been hitting this. I've been hitting this fake button slash table for the last couple of weeks. You have a buddy that goes to Purdue, or did go? He 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 did go to Purdue. Uh, Many of his family members have uh, gone through Purdue. One of his aunts uh, works Mm -hmm. at Purdue. He kind of bleeds anything Purdue. Yeah, so it was in the family. It was destined for him to go there. Absolutely, he was not going to. So he wouldn't go to like an Neo would be interesting. Family all works at Purdue. I'm going to go to Indiana. No, I think he'd rather <laughs> cut off his left foot than go well, to Indiana. Yeah, that's why I said Indiana, because they hate each other. It would be like if you're like Ricky, you can go to only one school. you got to go to Northwestern. I'd be like, well, guess I'm not going to college. We're going to move on to the next game, though. We're going outdoors, Texas Bowl. The home team, the Texas Longhorns, going up against the Missouri Tigers. And I, Brandon, I'm hitting it again. I don't feel like this is an upset, but I'm going to hit it. Texas to beat Missouri in the Texas Bowl. I'm doing the same thing in Missouri. I can't believe that they ended up 7-5. and five. They're not that good, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go Texas as well. And then moving on, the Military Bowl on the 28th, we've got the Virginia Cavaliers at 6-6 six and six playing the Navy Midshipmen at 6-6. Six and six. I'm hitting it again. I feel like I, I have to stop saying upset special for this because I'm constantly hitting it. 
And it's not special. It's just an upset at this point. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Navy. I'm going to go with Navy. It's the military bowl. They should be winning it. Moving on, we've got the Camping World Bowl Thursday night, the 28th. You know who I'm going with, Virginia Tech and Oklahoma State. You know who I'm going with, so I'm going to let you pick first. Um, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State in this one. I think that their offense is just going to outmatch and outpower the Hokies. Yeah, this is I. my second team is playing in this one, so go Hokies. I, I, can't, that I can't pick against Virginia Tech, and I'm looking at my future, my future games that I picked. Next one, we've got the Alamo Bowl, Stanford. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to... Let's clear something yes. out here. Let's yes. clear something out. Is, is there something in there? There is something in here. Here's what we're going to clear out right now. This is the first time we're getting to ranked opponents in the bowls. What overrides what? The ranking or the Oh, fan? the hell with it. I'm going with the percentage. It's just the too percentage? confusing to go with the ranking. So we're going Let's, with the percentage. We're doing percentage now. Stanford, like, Bryce Love is going to have a game in this one. Kenny Hill might play good, but this defense, I've... Every time I've picked TCU's defense to come up big, i.e. Oklahoma games, they've let me down. Bryce Love and the Cardinal getting the win. <sighs> See, I'm gonna go. You with burn t- me once, shame on you. Burn me twice, shame on me. I ain't falling for it a third time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm gonna go with TCU and the Horn Frogs because why the hell not? Um, I'm gonna say that uh, they're gonna be able to slow Bryce Love a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, they're gonna beat the Cardinals of Stanford. And then we're gonna go on to the Union Holiday Bowl. We're going. The Washington State Cougars. You missed part of it. The San Diego yeah. County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. I didn't want to say all that all that mouth throw up that you just said, because that's a lot of words. We got the Cougars from Washington State. We got the Sparty from Michigan State. This is one where I'll give the button a break. MSU with the win. Luke Falk. <laughs> Probably broken. Luke Falk throws about two INTs. LJ Scott has about 70, 80 yards and a touchdown. Michigan State with the win. I'm going to go with Michigan State, too. They ended up having themselves a pretty darn good season, 9-3 and three to end the regular year. Uh, they were they, they were good. They were strong. They bounced back, and I say that they're going to win this one. Moving on, we've got the Belk Bowl between the Wake Forest Demon Deacons and the Texas A&M Aggies. I gave the button a break, Brandon. Demon Deacons with the win. See, I don't think so. Texas A&M finally is happy that... Uh, they are rid of mediocrity at mm-hmm. the head coaching position. They're like, Kevin Sumlin, it's been fun at 8-5, and five, buddy, but we have got to get better than that. I'm going to make this reference on the onside kick, but you would, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that both, both coaches at the Primetime Podcast and the onside kick have talked about year after year after year should be fired in – Kevin Sumlin and Marvin Lewis, I'd say you're out of your mind. But here's the thing, though. One of them getting fired, maybe I would hope. Both of them, you're out of your mind. But here's the thing, though. One wasn't fired. One was not fired. Marvin Lewis (laughs) said, please, please, before I kill myself, please, I need to leave. It's like I said when I heard that news. I know it's off topic a little bit, but I'll say it. It was like you're giving him a free job to make millions of dollars, and you're so bad he said, nah, I'm good. I'm going to go somewhere else. I, free job? Nope. Don't need that. I'm going to go somewhere else. That's what I'm going to do. Well, but <sighs> just, that's, I would say that's, that's, a, separate, that's, that's a separate I know, topic, I but know. it's something that they've been talking about mm-hmm. for years that Marvin Lewis and the yep. Bengals need to just part ways. But, but let's move on. Hyundai Sun Bowl. We've got I would say, I the I said Wolf the Aggies, Pack. right? Yeah. yeah, you did. I, who cares? The Wolf Pack from NC State going up against 
the ASU Sun Devils, who will soon be coached by Herman, Coach Herman, back in their Herm, going Herm Co- Edwards. Coach Herman. Yeah, Coach Herm. <laughs> I'd call him Coach. You wouldn't call him Coach Herm? You said Coach Herman. Yeah, Herman Co- Edwards. Coach Herman, because I can't remember his <laughs> last name right now. You play to win the game, Brandon, and I am not going to go with the Sun Devils, going with the Wolfpack and Bradley Chubb to win the game. Coach Herman. <laughs> yeah, his name Herman. I mean, I but bet you his full name is Herman Edwards. Just Herman Edwards. I do that all the time. I'm going to go with the... Who am I going with? I picked the, the wolf back. I picked them. Then we're going to move on. We've got the Music City Bowl. The Kentucky Wildcats going up against Northwestern. It pains me to say, Brandon. pains me and hurts my heart. But I've got to go with Northwestern. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got to go with Northwestern here too. Again, another team nine and three had a really good season. I and in Kentucky seven and five. I don't good for them, but I did not realize they were seven and five. Then moving on, we've got the Arizona Bowl, <clears throat> the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl to say the full thing. We've got the Thank New you. Mexico State Aggies, who I hate right now because they beat my Illinois Fighting Illini in basketball in the. You see the other night, so I am not happy with the Aggies, but they're playing the other Aggies from Utah State. So we got an Aggie-Aggie brawl here in Arizona, and I'm going with the the Blue Aggies from Utah State. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Aggies to win. Which one? <laughs> I know. Well, that was the point of the joke. Um, Texas, Texas, Texas I, A&M, that's who you're picking. <laughs> the Aggies. I'm picking Texas A&M again in this one. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Utah State for no other reason than I picked them. And then we're going to go with, and I am changing this pick on the fly because I don't know how the hell this pick was made in the first place. This won't let me change it, but I'm going to change it anyways. We've got the Cotton Bowl. We've got USC. We've got Ohio State. I don't know what in my hubris made me pick Ohio State. Go Trojans! Sam Darnold with the W. Yeah, uh, this was one. I don't that know I, why I aggressively pointed at you. This like is, I was mad at you, like you stole my money. This is one that I really kind of went back and forth on. Two really good teams, both eleven and two on the season. One still crying about the fact that they couldn't get in the playoffs, even though it was the right decision. Let's be honest about it. Um, but I am picking the crying team, and I'm going to say that Ohio State wins this one. They win the Cotton Bowl. When you look at it, though. They got the same fate Penn State got last year. They did. They beat the other team, so they beat Penn State. They had a bad loss in conference. This one was Iowa. They won their conference championship. Do you get the playoffs then? No, you get to play the Trojans. You get That's, to sit. You get to sit on the losers' couch no, no, and no, watch no, no, everyone no, no, else. Not the losers' couch. Oh your, yeah. Your, it, oh, your yeah. prize is you get to play Sam Darnold and the Trojans. Last year Ricky, we were talking. That's ta- not a prize. La- la- buddy. Wait, wait. Last year we were talking about the Rose Bowl being one of the better games, and this could be just as good as that Rose Bowl from last I year. I know. I mean, now now we're starting to get into uh, you know a couple more of the the bowl games that are you aren't one more, more heard of and um good matchups but still at the end of the day these teams they are playing for, for one playoff. thing playoff two things one thing get in the playoff two national championship that's really all mm-hmm. that matters again i mentioned this to you when we were off the air not on the podcast and mm-hmm. i said ricky 
it's basically like you have the people in the playoffs. You know, those are the winners, and then you have all these. Uh, you know, th- thanks for thanks for playing this year. Here's a bowl game. Thanks for playing. Here's your participation bowl game. It's just stupid. I mean, I understand why they do it. I get it, but uh, it's it's a bit much. Then we are going to move on. We've got the Tax Slayer Bowl, and it is. Louisville versus Mississippi State. Who you got? I'm going with the Louisville Cardinals in this one, and I'm looking for Lamar Jackson to have himself a nice game. Who do you think I'm going with if you had to take a guess? Um, if I had to take a guess, I'm going to go with Louisville. If I had a mm-hmm. gun to my head, I'm going with Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone was about to throw me off of a building and said I had to guess this right, I'm going with Louisville. Do you know why I'm picking Louisville? Uh, because you have an infatuation with Lamar Jackson I that you'll never Lamar that you'll Jackson. never get rid of. I Lamar Jackson. I'm a I'm a Lamar Jackson fanboy. Lamar Action Jackson and the Cardinals going to get the win in a close one over the Bulldogs and Nick Fitzgerald. Then we move on the Liberty Bowl. Iowa State going up against Memphis, hitting the button because I like Coach Campbell in the Cyclones. Iowa State, baby, <laughs> you got to go with them. They've had such a nice season. Did a lot of great things. They beat. Oklahoma. Oklahoma mm-hmm. is in the playoffs. They beat them. Their head coach got an extension. Ohio State is on the, what is it, Ricky? The up climb. The up climb, not the down climb, the up climb. Then we've got the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl as we are getting closer and closer to the end here. The Fiesta Bowl. Hooray. The Washington Huskies, the Penn State Nittany Lions. We talked about them last week. I'm going Saquon Barkley and the Nittany Lions to beat the Washington Huskies, a team. That with two losses, we hadn't really talked about much this year. This is easy, Penn State. That's all? No, nothing to add more no, than that? No. We're so <laughs> close to the end. Why would I add anything Capital else? One Orange Bowl, Badgers, Hurricanes. I'm going upset. Now, here's the crazy thing. You might be asking, but Ricky, you said in the Hurricanes last game they only scored three points. Why are you going with them over the Badgers? Because I like them more than the Badgers. And the Badgers, I told you guys you were going to lose to Ohio State. Guess what? You lost to Ohio State. New fake ID. They now lose to Miami in Florida because it's the Orange Bowl. Upset. I'm going Miami as well. Wisconsin, well, 12-1 and looks good, but uh, you're going to lose. Now the next game, the Outback Bowl. This one I'm excited for only for one reason. You know what happened the last time these two teams, Michigan and South Carolina, met in the Outback Bowl, right? Davion Clowney coming through unblocked. Big hit. Palm in the ball. A fumble picked up by Clowney. However, South Carolina isn't as good as they were back then. I'm going with Michigan to beat the Gamecocks. I'm going with Michigan as well. Can I pick who you're going to pick in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl? Sure. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. UCF against Auburn. Who you got? Huh, I wonder. You're going to pick UCF. You're going to hit the button. And to do. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Auburn because, Even without Scott because I'm realistic and I use logic, so Auburn will win. Still hitting the button, going with UCF. You know, last time I believe last time UCF was in a Fiesta Bowl. Well, this is not the Fiesta Bowl, but they were in the Fiesta Bowl. Blake Bortles was there with Storm Johnson. They won that game. I believe they upset Baylor in that game many moons ago. I'm striking with uh, the Ides of that coming in and the Ides of, of March channeling. That night's team, but moving on, we've got the Citrus Bowl presented by Obertons, and we've got ND the Golden Domers against LSU. I'm going with Notre Dame only because 
I'm not a huge fan of LSU, and I think Notre Dame is better this year. They were in the playoff talk for most of it. I know you're going with Notre Dame, but tell me why. I'm going with Notre Dame. I don't think that um, LSU's lack of a really good quarterback presence and Danny Etling is going mm-hmm. to be able to really move the ball on this Notre Dame defense. You've never been a fan of Danny Etling. He sucks. He just kind of sucks. <laughs> um, Way to be blunt, Brandon. Yes, I usually am. Um, but out, outside of a couple of good games, that's about all he's been able to do. Um, uh, he hasn't done much. You know, he has not done much. Uh, it's really been because of the running game and their defense. Notre Dame has a pretty good amount of firepower. I think they'll use it here. But uh, that's why I think uh, ND gets the win. The final two. We talked about them today. We talked about them in this podcast. The first one, the Rose Bowl. Number two, Oklahoma. Number three, Georgia. We talked about and previewed the game. Now tell me who you got winning and why. I'm so excited for this game. I think it's going to be a great game to watch. I think it's going to be the best game out of the Mm -hmm. two. I'm going to go with the Oklahoma Sooners, the best team in the country, and the best offense for sure. I think that they're going to just have a little bit more than what Georgia's able to bring at them. Georgia's defense is very good, but they have not faced an offense like Oklahoma. What do you think I'm going to do, Brandon? You're going to hit the button. Georgia with the win. That defense is going to be too big. They are going to stop. The the run game is going to walk all over the conference without a defense. That defense is going to make Baker Mayfield throw interceptions. Jake Fromm has two touchdowns of his own, doesn't turn over the ball. The Bulldogs are going to the national title game. Then we'll move on to the last game. We are picking of the, well, not of the season. We still have the national championship game next week, but... Number four, roll tide against number one, Clemson. Who you got and why? Again, this is part three. Alabama Clemson, part part, three. Part three. It is a game that many people are hyped up for. They're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm trying not to get too hyped. You're being skeptical. Because I think we've overhyped this game. Mm -hmm. But this is a wonderful matchup. And what happened in the first one? Alabama Clemson. Alabama won. What happened in the second one? Alabama Clemson. Clemson won. Ricky, do you like patterns? I do like patterns, and I think I'm going to go with the same pattern as you. I like patterns, too. So, you win one, you lose are we t- one. Wait, are we talking like patterns Ricky, like Jesus something Christ. happens or like a pattern on a shirt? All right. Well, I'm not going to answer that stupid-ass question. So, okay. So I maybe it was a pattern. Alabama wins one. Like on your shirt. Then Clemson wins one. Then who would come next to win one? It's the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm going with Alabama. Roll Tide. That's all you got to do in this one. Roll Tide. And I know that people, if you put two and two together, a few people may hate my pick because I feel like the national championship game that I just picked, most people don't want to happen. I do, and I'll tell you why. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban. Guess who I have winning? Well, nah, I'm changing it on the spot. If Georgia and Alabama played each other, guess who I would have winning that game? Georgia. Georgia. I think Kirby Smart could be the first Nick Saban assistant to beat him. What kind of storyline would that be? The The teacher against the student and the teacher... Loses to the former student. 
and Nick and Kirby Smart does it in the biggest game, the national championship, or as Phyllis would call it, the national trophy. National trophy. But you know what? I, I actually think that that would be a really mm-hmm. fun one to have. Uh, only Oklahoma, because, Alabama would be a great storyline too. But I'm saying though, it'd be fun and you know kind of cool to have that storyline of teacher versus student. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, obviously it'd be something different from the last two years of what we've been of yeah. what we've been hearing with Alabama and Clemson. But honestly, any storyline that we get, I think, is going to be a a, a good game. Whatever teams we get to the national championship mm-hmm. game, I think it will be fun. But. Uh, I think we've got two really, really good games. There's only, I'm trying to think in my head, there's only two outcomes I want to happen from these games. I either want to see Georgia, Alabama, or Clemson, Oklahoma. Because I would like to see Clemson, Oklahoma, because it's like, ooh, the rematch. Can Baker Mayfield fight the demons of the last time he played the... You know we'll talk about all those, like ESPN will mention all those things. However, Georgia, Clemson, I wouldn't be upset with. The only one that I think I'd be like, I'd watch, but I'd be like, eh, about, and the least favorite I would have is Alabama-Oklahoma. Still be a good game. not saying it'd be a crappy game, but out of the possible matchups we could have, that would be the one that I would be least favorite about is Alabama and Oklahoma. And Brandon's looking at me like, great, you're just shitting on the national championship that I just picked. No, I think that actually, I, I obviously I think that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that Alabama and Oklahoma would be an outstanding matchup for the for the final game, uh, and with the championship game. But you know, the, to each his or her own, right? Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know who you guys got picking. <laughs> we made most it. Of these games. This part of the table is really hurting. I hit I hit that upset button quite a bit in these final few picks. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below. A little housekeeping. Here at the end, if you like what you're doing, want to help us keep the lights on here at Most Valuable Podcast, <laughs> check out patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast. It has really been. want to keep the lights on. Well, I mean, if the lights went off, we couldn't do a podcast. We could. It'd be a dark podcast. They wouldn't be able to see us. You ever used a candle? Oh, can't, we should do a candlelight podcast. You just blew my mind. We should do a candlelight podcast. Podcast by candlelight. Hashtag podcast by candlelight. That's what. Eh, which hashtag do you like better? Hashtag candlelight podcast or hashtag candlelight or podcast by candlelight? The first one. Okay. Hashtag candlelight podcast. Let me know if you want to see a candlelit podcast. But then second off, we're selling MVP t-shirts. Check the description on how to get that and wear your own most valuable podcast t-shirt. And then last but not least. If you're on iTunes, you have an iTunes, please give us that five-star rating and then do the same for the Onside Kick, the Fast Break, and the Rick and Johnny podcast. want to thank you guys for watching and or listening. Brandon and I will be back next week in the new year. This is our last podcast of 2017. How did you feel about it? Um, I, I, I felt really good about it. I thought it was a lot of fun. How have uh, you felt about our podcast all through 2017? I have loved all the podcasts all through 2017. We hope you have enjoyed our podcast through 2017. Hope you had a really Merry Christmas. We completely mm-hmm. missed the boat on that one. We did not say Merry Christmas no, in the last hadn't. podcast. Um, and uh, Merry Christmas, though, um, for this one. And we hope you have a, a wonderful new year because when we come back for the next one, it'll mm-hmm. be 2018. And Brandon and I will be there to kick off 2018 with you. And I thank you guys for watching and or listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.